This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Welcome to the 197th edition of this show. We are like three episodes away from 200. That is crazy. Everything that has gone on with this show since the beginning, everything that I've gone through, everything that I've accomplished, everything that has gone about with this show. 200 episodes and that is not even in addition to the exclusives that's not in addition to the select start podcast or any of the other podcasts that i did prior to you know we did a lot of podcasts on a show different podcasts so actually it's probably ranging over 400 at this point uh but for this particular show the prime show it's going on to 200 and i couldn't be more happier uh because since the beginning of this we've gone through a lot uh you know the people that has been on the show, I personally, uh, myself personally, um, you know, just a lot of things is going on since this point, since I've started ACMG period. And it's all culminating to what's about to happen next week, next Friday, if you will, August 23rd to the 25th at the Pennsylvania Convention Center as Keystone Comic Con returns to the city of brotherly love and i will have the pleasure of being a part of that this time more than i did last year uh i will be doing a panel i'm sorry let me rephrase that i'll be doing two panels one and all of it is game related too so uh the first one as you know uh, as many of you know if you're new to the show if you're from philadelphia definitely listen in next week at keystone comic-con saturday the 24th i will be hosting the art of Street Fighter with myself along with my guests Longbow and Jeffrey the Chamba Cruz these are two extremely accomplished artists from Udon Entertainment yes the Udon Entertainment the people who are responsible for a lot of the artwork that is done for Street Fighter for Capcom if you will for a lot of other things outside of it as well but mostly Capcom and Street Fighter related uh you may have seen their artwork and a lot of the games such as Street Fighter, Ultra Street Fighter 2, The Final Challenger, Street Fighter 5, and much more. You've also seen their comic book series as well that a lot of them have uh, illustrated for and drawn for. So they will be my guests at that uh, panel, and we're going to talk all things the history of Street Fighter and art of the uh, history, because a lot of art involves the success of that game. You know, the illustrations, all the art, people marveled at that for years, no pun intended. And, you know, we're going to talk about that and much, much more. So um, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. But also Sunday, one of the premiere panels is the one I will be hosting as I will host the Voices of Overwatch with myself and three very special guests. That is Fred Tatashore, that is Charlotte Chung and Jennifer Hill. You guys know him as Soldier 76, Diva. 
and Ash of Overwatch. And we'll be talking all things Overwatch from there and their experiences on that and much more. So I am definitely looking forward to that. And again, you know, thank you to Repop. Thank you to Keystone Comic Con for inviting me to be a part of this. You know, this was totally shocked to me about a month ago when I was uh, when it was brought to my attention. And uh, I was not going to. I was definitely going to jump at this opportunity. So uh, I am looking forward to this. But also what I'm looking forward to is our final winner of a three-day pass to Keystone Comic Con next week. Somewhere, sometime in this episode, I will give up the final question. And the first person that provides me with the answer to that question, along with their legal name that's on their driver's license or state ID, along with making sure that you read the rules on the Keystone Comic Con group page on the, what is it? On TalkTimeLive.com. I have it there as well, as well as the ACMG Facebook group. So make sure you read the rules because a lot of people entered and did not specifically go by the letter. The deal is, is that what you don't know is that I filter all of the uh, emails that come in for the contest so if you're not putting in the subject line exactly the way i wanted it i'm not going to see it so that's you know you have to go by every single part of the rules um also skimming through the show will not help you because you may miss out on some clues that actually will in fact help you as well so um you know this is it this is it get ready and we got a lot to you know look forward to next week not just my panels but there's a lot more panels coming as well some great panels that'll be coming about and particularly i would call this the main event panel i would definitely respectfully call this the main event panel tom holland the one and only spider-man from far from home from endgame from all of that uh, you know he's coming to philadelphia for one day only and you're going to get a chance to see a panel from him and i'm definitely going to be there that's going to be the same day their their panels going first and then my panels going later on that day and uh it's going to be amazing i'm looking forward to it i i can't wait to get an opportunity to see him and all the stuff and it's going to be awesome and uh I think they did a great job. I think uh, Keystone did a great job this year. I think they really did manage to top what they were doing. They went through some little bumps, but uh, I thought they worked their asses off and they successfully did it. So I think there's, we're going to be a happy city here. Um, as far as Tom Holland, man, it, this it's just awesome. I mean, who you can't get anybody better other probably than Chris Evans or maybe um, Robert Downey Jr. Maybe, but he's in that same level. So it's huge to get him on here to talk about uh his experiences and everything i'm looking very forward to that i mean since he's been there since civil war and the announcement that he was coming in because of the sony debacle whatever like that it's just been a great ride with him and then seeing him on uh in game and you know uh, not just in game but like also infinity war and also see him in his own and homecoming he managed to make it you know be the best spidey and peter parker that we could ever have and didn't just recently far from home you know what I'm saying? It's it just, he, he just keeps proving that he was the perfect pick. Not only that, he could do his own stunts. So, you, how can you not say that he superseded all the other actors? And no disrespect to, like, the rest of them, but, like, dude, he, he's the, he literally is the ultimate Spider-Man. So, if you haven't got a chance to, go get your tickets. Go to, uh, not TalkTimeLive.com, but go to Keystone comiccon.com to get your badges there are people who are now finally getting their badges now they're showing their badges shout out to jay dixon on the acmg facebook group he's coming all the way from i think dc to come here to not only see tom holland but also to you know come see my panels as well so uh brother good looking out i appreciate the support and i look forward to other ones kiana too uh shout out to you because i know you're coming in craig i know you're coming in to check us out as well so you know shout out to all you guys i really appreciate it um even family i think there's going to be some family members coming in too so you know acmg is going to represent like no other this day this is going to be the biggest event in the delaware valley period of the year so get ready check it out last year was good i expect this to be better 
And I'm looking forward to it. And just have a lot of fun because that's what it's all about. That's at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, the other thing, too, I'm looking forward to seeing um, DMC, Daryl uh, McDaniels, you know, from uh, Run DMC. He's going to be there as well, for those who don't know. The cosplay championships coming here. Uh, personally, for me and my wife, you know, that Friday, I'm going to see Tommy Davison at the Punchline Cafe. Highly recommend going at it for any talent, but that place is great. I went there for uh, Wanda Sykes a while back. So it's just going to be a hell of a weekend, man. Just an insanely weekend. Next week as well, I got to shout this out too. Kiana is going to have game night again. So if you guys are listening from the ACMG Facebook group and um, you're in the Philly area and you just want to meet and greet some new people in a group and all this stuff, that has become a very good event. We go to the uh, Thirsty Dice uh cafe it's a great place they got like over 400 board games there and they got some great food there great place to chill you gotta reserve you gotta rsvp because we all need to be there at the at the very minute that we're supposed to be there so um if you're looking to come you know check us out she'll put an rsvp out uh our post out and just rsvp here but you have to absolutely make sure that you're going to be there if you're if you know you're going to be late to something just make sure that you be there on time and be there before time so you can beat the traffic beat parking whatever you have to do to get there but it's a great event we had a great time a lot of um you know just a way to get out and get out of off the online world and stuff like that so you know shout out to her for that and uh i'm looking forward to it i'm glad that she's having it the week after because you know with me doing uh keystone i was afraid i was gonna uh, miss it but you know she's gonna have it at the end of the month so i'm all for it looking forward to it and uh it's all about having fun people that's all but this episode this episode we're going to be talking about the newest the latest netflix anime to come out and this one is very special uh for a lot of reasons and you heard amanda c miller at the beginning of this show i'll explain why she was the pick for this week's soundbite but uh there's some there's some connection to this but Cannon Busters, which just came out this week, I got a chance to watch the entire uh, 12 episodes uh, coming from Netflix, and there's a lot to talk about. This is a very special anime, especially if you're a person of color. This is really great. Uh, uh, created by LaShawn Thomas, you know, Bronx home, now Japan uh, native and Los Angeles native as well. So we're going to talk about that in our talk topic. I was going to make make it the... Um, originally, I was going to make it the five top five blockbuster films of the summer i'm just gonna move i decided to move that on to the what's new in the world of the acmg segment and talk about that series thoroughly because as i was watching the more i watched the more i really appreciated this series and we'll find out why we'll talk about that soon so folks without further ado let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Alright folks, some sad news if you're a DC fan, or a DC Comics fan, or a, a primetime DC fan, of course... If you remember, uh, the DC Universe just recently, for some stupid reason, stupid, stupid reason, canceled Swamp Thing. And I thought that that was as dumb as when they canceled, when like NBC canceled Constantine. That Swamp Thing was a very good series. It was tremendous. It was creepy as hell, as I believe it should be. I think it had the nature. I don't understand what other way you could have portrayed the essence of that comic than what they did on that show and it was awesome it was like it had like a almost like an awesome true blood you know uh walking dead type of vibe to it it was really cool i love what they did all the actors everybody in it was great so they canceled it it's just the dumbest thing ever it's just like what they did with constantine they canceled it just when it was starting to get to somewhere that you know it was going to pick up so there's another one, unfortunately, in the world of DC primetime that has been canceled as well, and that is Krypton from Sci-Fi. The Sci-Fi uh, Network canceled the series after its second season, along with the idea that they were talking about coming out with a Lobo spinoff. Now, 
I'll get my thoughts about this in a minute. But this was this is just off the cuffs of ending their second season. Uh, the Lobo pilot, which was said to be ordered in June, was scrapped. Reported by TVLine.com, the second season of Krypton only barely averaged 400,000 viewers on a weekly basis, with only a 0.1 demo reading and live in same day numbers. Sci-fi is also canceled Happy, which is also a comic book uh, TV show, as well as Deadly Class, which is something I did say I wanted to see, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people said that they were eventually wanted to see it too, and that also resulted in saying we never got a chance to see it and therefore it got canceled so unfortunately that's that's uh, a sad thing uh so and unfortunately daily season unlike happy and and krypton only had one season as according to those other ones that had two seasons at least so as sad as it is when it comes to krypton i can't speak for deadly class or happy because i never watched them Again, that could also be the problem. Um, the other thing is that Krypton, which was really geared to be a epic series, wasn't that epic, at least in my opinion. I wasn't really a fan of it. It was too dialogue heavy for a show based on a race of, well, which is supposed to be a race of beings that are supposed to be super but that's not only until he hits the yellow sun the solar energy of the sun which at this point none of them have that opportunity so what you have is just a bunch of normal humanoid uh beings that just won't be able to do what superman has done they're just normal people and other the other thing too is that it looked like they were trying to be like a pg version of game of thrones and I felt like that was also a big fail too. Um, the special effects was okay. Brainiac was okay. Zod, the guy playing Zod, which was originally the guy who was in like the first two, three seasons of Arrow, um, he did really good as Zod. I did. He was probably the best thing on that show. Um, the, the Doomsday thing still kind of. I was. I, I'm still a little bit if about the Doomsday thing. I think they did do a better job with the Doomsday character than uh batman vs superman did with it so i thought that was just total you know crap and it was at one point that i thought that they were supposed to be connecting that show to the movie and apparently they decided to not do that i don't know what the case was but I, to me when i watched it and i tried watching like i watched the first season and like all, the entire first season and i was like it didn't really pick up to me till the end when they started showing doomsday and i was like okay let's see where this go from here then i watched a sec a little bit of the second season i was totally you know as robin say whelmed <laughs> in this case so it was okay and then they brought in lobo and lobo to me was just like he didn't live up to expectations to me um i didn't i think the better portrayal is the animated version with the guy from uh, everybody loves raymond who uh, played the voice, you know, the big, the tall brother uh, from that show who played the voice of it. And I thought his portrayal was so much better than this guy here. He was like an Australian, you know, version of him, which reminded me of, um, I don't know if a lot of you guys who are listening may not even remember this, but it reminds me of way back during um, the uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends when they actually had the x-men on there and it was hilarious because wolverine who's supposed to be canadian had an australian voice so it kind of took me back to that it reminded me of that whole type of situation so i i'm not surprised and i'm not mad at the same time because it, it honestly there's a reason why that showed it i know there were people out there that liked it but th sometimes people will watch anything and to me it just it didn't live up and when you compare it to like that of the cw shows um with greg balanti and productions have done and and all those guys and everything it just you get that vibe it has a mix what makes their formula so well it, to me is that there's a mix of drama there's a catering to a certain demographic that is there um there is you know action there's great special effects it's just you know it's a mix of everything it's a mix of, it caters to a lot of different demographics there krypton just did not and i also think that if they were trying to be game of thrones they could not because to be game of thrones you would have to you know pull you would have to like be allowed to let go and do anything 
on the same fashion that like Deadpool did when it was rated R. It's like the only reason why I think Deadpool kind of worked is because it, it was a bit of a rated R type of situation. They were a- able to be uber violent in some cases. Um, same with Game of Thrones. It's like they're able to be gratuitous. They are able to be vulgar. Um, there's a lot of sexual content in there, so they're able to you know reach out. Same reason why True Blood was such so successful for the first few seasons of that show. It just um, same way to in the same case as The Walking Dead. I mean, like there's there's just there's some formulas of, you know of you know mixture of drama and action and stuff down there. Krypton to me did not have that action. And when you think Krypton, you think Superman. So you want that Superman element in there, and that Superman element is not going to be there when it's based on years before he hit the yellow sun and he went to Earth. Nobody has powers. <laughs> it's like. With Superman without powers is just boring. It's just that's just plain and simple, man. So, I honestly, I I'm just not surprised. I'm really not surprised at the results of that. Um, unfortunately, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, there's still digital guarantee is probably going to. Uh, it might already be on the DC universe. So, I think it eventually hit there because they got a lot of all of the canceled DC shows in the uh, DC universe as well. So. It'll come soon, but unfortunately, it is what it is. And other news, actor Jalil White, you guys know him? Actually, believe it or not, you know him as Urkel, but you also know him as Sonic the Hedgehog as well, because he he, repri- he played that role as well in the uh, Saturday morning cartoon versions. But he actually is reprising his role as Urkel from Family Matters uh, fame, the iconic role that he played, what made him really famous on the new Scooby-Doo and Guess Who cartoon series, uh, which is on the Boomerang Streaming Network. Now, unfortunately, apparently I heard this, you know, show was actually pretty good. The bad part is, is that you can't, you can't watch it unless you buy the streaming service. I don't see too many people buying Boomerang. Like, I don't understand why they uh, reverted that to, you know, a cartoon, like its own series. And the purpose of Boomerang was to watch the old, was to divide the old cartoons with the stuff that they have on Cartoon Network because it is an extension of the Cartoon Network. But now it's playing all new content. So it kind of defeats the purpose of it all. Like it was supposed to it, Boomerang and I, how can I compare this? Boomerang and Cartoon uh, Network was the equivalent of maybe was the equivalent of maybe, I guess, MTV and MTV2, or in some cases, MTV to VH1, what VH1 used to be back in the day, because if you guys remember, you know, those who grew up in the same era that I did, MTV was the current trendy music station, whereas VH1 became the, like, kind of the oldies video, sta- you know, where it just, you know, it celebrated a lot of the old school music and all that stuff that MTV would not actually really celebrate to an extent. And then things change, and they just everything is every. It's about everything but the music now. So, God, we need an actual music station now. We need that again. We need it again so bad. But you know, this show is on air. They also, you know, this show has been, like I said, it's been said to be really good. Um, they've had other really cool guests in there. I think I heard Wanda Sykes was also in that episode, uh, in an episode as well, which was really interesting. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I haven't really checked to see the stats of how the viewership of Boomerang or whatnot, or how much is really carried. But I don't hear a lot about Boomerang at all. So I don't know. I really don't know, man, about that. But it's there. Maybe you know. Hopefully they'll transfer it over to uh, Cartoon Network sometime, so we could probably see it. Or if not, we'll see. We'll see. But if you want to check it out, if you're a fan of uh, Urkel. If you don't mind spending another monthly fee on a streaming network, he's on there. But I thought it was pretty cool that he is in there. He's reprised his role. And I heard there's a clip. You can see a clip of him in there. You could tell how old Jaleel White is now because he has to, it it almost, you can hear the Urkel in him, but you can also hear, it's not the, the youthful Urkel that we're used to. It sounds like an old Urkel and it sounds like an old man. Excuse me. It sounds like an older man trying to sound cartoony, and he—you could hear a little bit of a struggle of him trying to get that voice down like he used to. Because now puberty hit, 
And he's low. He, if you heard him now, it's like he kind of has like he could be an RB singer at this point. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's a little bit different now. So I it, but it's really cool that they had him on air and, you know, celebrated the uh, the fandom that people had for him as well. So right now I'm going to do my top five uh, summer blockbuster list here because the summer's over and we had a chance to reflect on a lot of things that was out there. It is a lot of great films out there. There's some that really wasn't, in my opinion. Um, but I want to just point out some of them that was here. So, honestly, when it came to blockbuster uh, movies this year, in my opinion, and my just and, and take note, this is just my opinion. My opinion doesn't reflect that of others because I know I'm sure everybody else has their own opinion of it. But I, I you know, I pretty much enjoy some of the ones I've been to the movies a lot this year. And I got to see a lot of great films, and some of them were good, great, and meh. So I'll start with that. I also got some honorable mentions. I got definitely some a disappointing one, and ones I wish I went to the theater to see that I haven't gotten a chance to see. So um, my top five summer blockbuster films, because guess what, people? Summer is pretty much over and very soon. Um, John Wick 3, per, uh, Parabellum. Man. This whole entire series did not disappoint. In fact, John Wick 3 actually superseded The Matrix. And now, you know, because Keanu Reeves is involved in both. And if you guys remember, we loved The Matrix. We loved Matrix. Uh, who was it? Not Matrix Revolution. It was, uh, I forgot, the second one. The second one was really good. Up until the slightly the end. And then the third one, it just... It was good, but it went a place that like nobody could still figure out what the hell is going on. So it, it kind of fell off on that note. But John, Keanu uh, Reeves is John Wick. All three movies were phenomenal. The concept, the very concept, everything, the action, the cast, everything involved in it. It was just so awesome. Uh, the dogs. Holly <laughs> Berry's dogs in this damn movie was no joke. There was a. I came out of there very happy. And. The fact with the big cliffhanger at the end, uh, um, the huge twist and cliffhanger at the end left you really wanting to come back to see more of this. So I'm looking forward to John Wick 4. Man, it's going to be hell to pay there. So I really enjoyed that there. Um, my next one, Spider-Man Far From Home. I love that it was a big follow-up to Avengers Endgame. And they were able to answer some questions of what happened there. I thought it was a really great telling of us what happened during all of the chaos of when Thanos snapped the fingers and everything. The uh, I thought uh, J uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did a great job. We talked about this before when I reviewed it. Jake Gyllenhaal did a tremendous job. Uh, I think he did as great a job of role as that as he did with you know, with, with Spider-Man 2, the same Raimi version did with uh, Doc Ock. It, to me, it was the best sequel, Spider-Man sequel, since Spider-Man 2, the Raimi version. And it just showed, again, because of the success of that show, it just showed how really great Marvel Studios is and how much Sony is not. And Sony needs to step away and, you know, stay in their lane and allow Marvel to continue where they have with this deal. So, you know, if they, they go back on their word, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people because we don't want to see another Sony Spider-Man movie ever again. <laughs> unless, it's in, unless it's a collaboration with Marvel Studios, point blank point blank and they left us also you guys remember they left us hanging uh on some deep really deep 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 stuff at the end with the cutscenes and everything so i am very much looking forward to seeing what they do with that one as well hobbs and shaw is my i guess my third favorite uh movie uh again these are the master these guys are the masters of popcorn movies the entire fast and furious see it, it's a modern take on a classic style of action movie and they managed to keep it this is like the one of the most successful type of genres out there and they are killing it like without having any super well with the exception of um you know idris alba but they managed to do all these different movies without having any superpowers without doing any you know without having any you know mechs or anything like that up until this point but this series has managed to do major success despite the fact of having all of these major budgeted comic book movies out there and that, that needs to be commended in with the fact that both Jason Statham and The Rock actually 
you know, executive produced this movie and invited like the best of the best to be in this movie, like Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds, for God's sake. It just added on so much more. It was a great surprise. It's funny. Those I still find it funny because they advertised and promoted the hell out of this movie. Like Roman Reigns from the WWE was going to be a major factor in this movie. This man did not get one damn word in the movie, let alone he barely got seen. Ryan Reynolds, all through this damn movie. Kevin Hart, all through this movie. That dude, nope. <laughs> so it managed. They managed to kayfabe you by you know bringing in wrestling fans. Wrestling fans would have came in on a rock alone. You know what I'm saying? But they made it seem like he was going to be a big deal. He he was interviewed everywhere, talking about he's going to be in a film. And he was in TMZ getting interviewed and all the stuff. And Harvey Levin making it seem like he was going to be a big deal. I'm like, we haven't seen him act yet. <laughs> and we to this day, we still haven't seen him act yet. Unless you count wrestling itself. So, but overall, the movie was great. I thought it did a great job. Uh, it looks like they're actually going to do another one. So we'll see. Um, it, it looked like it was opening up to something bigger. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go into the point of becoming G.I. Joe 3, in a sense. But it looked like it was just opening up a can of worms there. So we'll see. My second favorite movie this year. It's actually probably one of the surprises of the year, to be, uh, to be honest, as far as movies. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Dude, I've said before when I reviewed this show that, like, that show, that movie, I've always, since the, since Pokemon debuted, I loved everything about that game. I loved that they created this new world and new habitat of creatures and stuff that you had to look into and care for and, you know, pretty much hunt down and use to attack and fight in battles. But... You know, I wonder if we looked at this later on, like years from now, I wonder like maybe what it wasn't a good idea. It's like anime pit um, bullfighting in a sense. But also I knew that I was like, if they do a live action version of this deal, it's going to be awesome. And it, it just has to be done right. The same way that I said, I said the same thing about Transformers too. Um, and it, and in a sense, Transformers was the first movie was great. You know, Spielberg had a lot to do with that one. And you know, that was great. Uh, they did the same thing here. I thought they did a great job. This is probably one of the best comic, um, not comic book, uh, video game translated movies ever. Because it was, it looked like the, the game come to life. It acted like the game come to life. They did every single thing, every formulaic thing that you would expect from the uh, Pokemon game or, or the anime come to life in this movie. Like they had all of the different play points in the, in the character points in here. Um, you had a lead actor who had a Pokemon that he had to, you know, assimilate with and be cool with. You had the uh, the second, what is it, the you know the co um, the co-star or the character there, um, you know, that's accompanying her with her own Pokemon. So you know those elements which matches that of the co uh, the anime was just so right there. And then you had all this great action. Yeah, great actors. Um, Mewtwo was ridiculously no joke. Ryan Reynolds, I thought, did a great job as Detective Pikachu. And, of course, the twist at the end was also great as well. So I thought they did a really great job. I don't... This seemed like a one-off type of thing. Uh, be really cool if they tried to do another one, maybe. Uh, maybe not based on Detective Pikachu, but maybe something else. But if this was a great one-off movie for the franchise... They did a hell of a great job. I thought they did tremendous with this. So uh, if you haven't seen that and you're like a gamer fan or you're a fan of Pokemon, I'm pretty sure you have if you are, but I thought they did a great job. This was absolutely a great job and really a big surprise for me. And of course, number one, I need a crystal ball to predict the obvious. So this is going to be Adventures in Game. Um, they tore it up. They We got the payoff that we deserve. 11 years of great movies culminated into this. And they did absolutely awesome. Uh, I watched it when it, uh, when it came on out on digital, and I decided to not watch it again because I think after the after Keystone Comic Con, everything just starts to slow down just a bit. I'm going to watch every single, not in one setting, every single movie from from like 2008 with Iron Man, and just move on from there. And finally, watch everything the entire Infinity Saga, and it's uh, and um in one you know swoop um 
because I did that before, you know, with the countdown series leading up to uh, Infinity War. But now we got everything. It's, it's officially complete. I can rewatch everything. I won't watch it in a week <laughs> like I did before because that was torture as hell. I watched one show, one movie a week. And in addition to that, some of the uh, Ages of Shields episodes that was connected to it, some of the Netflix shows that was connected to it, you know, I just went all out with that. But this time around, I get to watch every single movie, maybe one, two a day or on a daily basis and just enjoy it for what it is, man. I, I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to that. So those are my five top blockbuster movies. There were many more great movies out there, but those to me were the ones that stood out to me the most out of all of them. Uh, honorable mention. Another big surprise to me was Alita Battle Angel. I've watched the OVA from back in the day. Uh, I've read some of the manga, so I didn't know what was going on. And the fact that they, I thought they met expectations. I think it's so bad because, like I said, if Marvel wasn't so successful with their movies, this movie would have made some would have made some big moves. And I am glad that they're still going to pursue making another Alita uh, to continue off because I thought the, I thought it was great. I loved it. I absolutely enjoyed it. I've, I've really marked out for some of the scenes that matched the anime, if you will, or the, yeah, the OVA anime, if you will, and some of the manga. So I thought they did a great job. I think they got something going here. I hope they keep going with this and just keep it up from there. Um, other honorable mention, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, although it wasn't, of course, the best Quentin Tarantino movie, I thought it was still good. And I thought it was a really good love letter to the victims of the Manson family murders because I know they were upset that they were going to do this movie and I think you know of course Quentin Tarantino knew how he was going to you know write and direct this thing all the way through and how this was going to end uh but you know you come to find out they change history and they end up beating the living crap out of the Manson family and mutilizing them in some cases so they never did die they never died so I thought it was a great love letter. I, I, you know, I got to find out what they thought about the movie. I think they did say they liked the movie. And now we understand why. Now we understand why it was going on. But I thought they did a great job. Of course, our previous guest, uh, Mike Moe, played Bruce Lee. I thought he did absolutely great in that role. Uh, Shannon Lee, unfortunately, says otherwise, the daughter of Bruce Lee. They are really protective about their father's legacy. And I thought... He, while he portrayed that role really well, I thought it was a really fun version depiction of him. He was a little bit arrogant in there, but I didn't think that it was overly abundantly arrogant to the point that he was annoying. But you know, Bruce Bruce Lee is that confident, and he had reason to be that confident. And also, he didn't get dominated in there. He got a big blow hit on him, but he also got a hit back on um, Brad Pitt's character. So it was a stalemate situation. You never, they left you hanging with, always knowing whether, how that fight was going to be. And I got it, and I understood it completely. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. But I, I actually liked the movie. I thought they did it really well. This, I don't think it's for everybody. And I think for those who wanted that, like I said before in, in a review of that, for those who wanted the actual, you know, the, the Kill Bill Quentin Tarantino, the Hateful Eight Quentin Tarantino, the Django, you're not going to get that here because this had a different type of narrative and different type of feel. And if you don't know the history of the situation, the real life history of the situation, you may not enjoy it and you're you may have made a mistake in going into something that you don't really know about in this case so uh you know it is what it is but i i thought it was i thought it was a pretty good movie at the end um most disappointing of course x-men the dark phoenix it was just a means to an end it wasn't i it was better than i would say it is better than x3 but there was still some questionable things i definitely liked the fact that they killed mystique because it was just like she shouldn't have been like i hated the fact that they kept going in a direction of making the famous actress or actor the main characters despite the fact that their characters are not meant to be the main characters i i hate that that's disrespecting the integrity of the comic in the nature of the comic and when the story of the comic that we all love it's like that that's just freaking bull and they did that again but also 
they made a lot of right things that X3 did not make, so I was very happy with that. And they tried to play around with us as well to try to make it seem like uh, Cyclops was going to get killed or Professor X was going to get killed this time around. And it, it was what it was. It wasn't the best thing in the world, but it was probably the most disappointing. I tell you this, though. If I had to pick between watching this and watching Shazam, I honestly think I would watch X-Men Dark Phoenix again. As I'm not going to say that Shazam was bad. I'm personally disappointed because of the fact of the depiction of the city of Philadelphia. I, you know, for those who are okay with that, I just think that those people are also okay with just settling for whatever. I'm not, in no way am I ever a person who settles. Those people who know me knows that. I cannot stand by and watch something like, that's what, that's what people, you want people to think that that's Philadelphia. You know, no, that's not, I can't do it. I will watch X-Men The Dark Phoenix way before I watch, like, I, I, I have such a disdain. I came out of that theater very angry. Like, I was very angry watching that movie. And it's, the, the bad part is, it really, in essence, it really isn't a bad movie. I just think, as a person who lives in the city, I just felt like, that's just a really bad stereotype of our city, man. It's just, I can't, I can't frequent this. You know, I thought Zach Levy did okay. He was, he was, I love him as an actor. He did a good job. I thought he was a little bit too goofy in some cases. I like that Megan Good was in a damn movie. That's a plus. Um, the, and I said, and I thought the, the standout guy was the kid, the, uh, the kid with the crutches. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was the most entertaining person. I really hated Shazam, the wizard itself, because he, that just looks, that was a really bad makeup job or cosme, uh, cosplay of it. So, I mean, there were some really negatives to this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I guess I could personally put that in the most disappointing, but definitely the most disappointing, I guess, was X-Men in a stint of overall in this case. But uh, last one, the movie... The movie I wish that I would have seen in theaters, that would probably be Rocket Man. I never got a chance to see Rocket Man. I heard it was tremendous, um, like Bohemian Rhapsody, and uh, I I am going to definitely look forward to seeing it very soon. But I am a I am an Elton John fan. I grew up in the '80s. The dude is no joke. He's a tremendous artist. Um, I would love to hear a story and see a story, much like I did with Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody was amazing. Um, and sad at the same time because of what happened with Freddie Mercury. But, um, you know, here we got another pristine artist here. And, you know, really interested in seeing his story and seeing that. But I wish I would have seen that in theaters. But, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back and talk about one of the most, it's uh, like, I would say aspiring anime series i've seen in years and that is canon busters on netflix we'll talk about that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley flanagan the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg Talk Time Live. this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon and in the name of the moon you are listening to acmg presents talk time live do it and now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Fight! Alright folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of the new Netflix anime series, Cannon Busters. The reason why I wanted to review this is because this is a very significant and special anime. Not many anime out there is created by a person of color and it's not based on a story based on a person of color but this is particularly not only created but is casted it is written it is you know celebrated it it's really this may be in fact in my opinion 
the Black Panther of anime. Uh, to what Black Panther has done for like major big budget cinema, this is going to do for anime in my opinion. Uh, the significant anime is based on a comic book by Udon, who's now publishing the anime series, the uh, manga series or comic series, which was created by South Bronx's own now Japan resident and somewhat Los Angeles resident, LaShawn uh, Thomas. Uh, Netflix brought the rights to air this series in which it was animated by Sate Light and Yameta co uh, Company. LaShawn has worked on many, he's a very accomplished dude and he's worked on, I, I'm just naming a few. He's worked on way more than that, but he's worked on many great shows like Black Dynamite, The Legend of Korra, Boondocks, uh, Children of Ether, and Yas uh, Yasuke, as well as Spider-Man and a whole, like going as I am uh, page, the dude is not anybody new. He's been around the block many times. This probably is one of the most significantly accomplished projects that he's worked on uh, to date. Um, the show itself is really really great if you're a fan of trigon and cowboy bebop it has that type of vibe to it uh i love that the series showcases characters of color like like the as not only just main characters but side characters it's a lot of you know, a lot of characters of color in this show and the th funny part about this is that i mentioned netflix doing a documentary about anime a while back to which uh, LaShawn Thomas is on there but again I don't think it really capitalized on the really on the culture of anime but it was more of a matter of a it was really mostly showcasing a lot of the new anime series that is coming out for Netflix more than it actually was to talk about the history or culture of anime like the person who directed that film if you really want to know, like we learned, we learned about anime without even going to uh, Japan. <laughs> we know so much of why we love this series so much. You could have just stayed jazz and 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 here and do it. And even still, I don't think they covered everything or the history or whatever significance of it or whatever. But they had Lashawn uh, Thomas in there, and you know we got a chance to see a clip of Cannon Busters, which was coming out. And now that it's out. All 12 episodes is out for the first season. I love this. I think even if it wasn't created by an African-American or a person of color, I would have still loved it. But it's just that much more valuable for people like me and, and to see that we are able to go into Japan to be able to create something. And they're working with, you know, somebody in our, of our culture to create something really special like this. It's so awesome. Uh, the, just, and just everything about it. Not only that, the appropriation of our culture is in here. Because if you l actually watch anime in the past and they had African-Americans in there, whether it's... A lot of people point the finger at Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z, but I totally pushed that away. Um, I would say Ape Man. Ape Man after. You know, there were characters, a black uh, character in there, there's some other black characters, and they have some depictions that are a little bit way too exaggerated, the lips, all that stuff, um, the voices, everything. Here, we got actual established black actors that are very charismatic, that they don't pull on stereotypes, it's very natural, it's genuine, I love it. The character design in here is very genuine, the lips aren't all big they're like they're noticeable but they're like it's it's so appropriate there's so many and it still has the anime look at that so i love what they've done with this series i also love the main character you got philly the kid played by ken michael i don't know if, any, if people remember that name ken michael was on like he was the kid actor from uh robert townsend's parent trap and if you go really further back before that he was the he was played the kid kenny from Boomerang, if you remember the scene where um, Holly Berry's an art teacher, she's, you know, teach after her and Eddie had that little fallout and she leaves the uh, advertisement agency and she ends up being like an art teacher and he comes in and he plays some kind of somewhat of a significant role in that film too at the end. So it was really, really cool that he is now still acting but also doing voice acting in here as well. So he plays an outlaw and apparently the youngest wanted criminal 
who constantly gets killed in his journey. He's some freezing, he has some form of immortality. Every time he dies, he comes back to life with a numeric tattoo labeled on him that just appears out of nowhere for every single time he dies. And every time he dies, he uh, you know, there's a mystery to that. The secret of his immortality is in fact a mystery all through the entire series. Note that also Ken Michael also played and contributed his voice on virtually pretty much all of the Saint Row video games, as well as he does other voices as well. He's really, really good. I absolutely enjoyed it. He's very funny. He's very charismatic. He just lets it all out on the table. I love his portrayal in here. And again, his his character, if if you like um, Vasha Stampede from Trion, if you like Spike, it's kind of a hybrid of both of those characters there. So I, I'm really intrigued to how he put it together. He did a tremendous job here in there. And then you got Sam, who's a female drone who was separated from her own uh, from her owner and somehow finds her way to Philly. And it really kills me that they call him Philly the Kid. I would love to know how that name, how that name Philly, because whenever they talk about Philly now, I really think that they're talking about our city. So uh, Sam ends up following, uh, you know, finding herself her way to Philly. And we later will discover that she plays a very important part of the story of this season. So you got that. And, and if you read the actual comic book, you already know. But... Uh, then we have Casey, uh, Casey Turnbuckle, which is played by Talk Time Live previous guest Stephanie Shea, also the voice of Sailor uh, Moon herself, and uh, Orihime from Bleach, and many, 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 many others, and Hinata from Naruto as well. She uh, lends her voice to this as well, and Stephanie Shea, this is, this has her. Uh, name written all over it because she's really about the culture and other cultures as well so i'm not surprised uh she was i think she was in um mother effers also also that movie the other really cool animated movie that was done by the uh french uh director as well so you know she's all about it so she was perfect for this and she plays an abandoned robot assistant as well in a junk mechanic so she's able to fix all the things and they gotta of course philly the kid has this really cool like you know red corvette convertible ride that transforms into a mech bull like um like a mech robot that looks like a uh, bull it's really awesome and casey also is like just happens to put it together and helps him out throughout the uh series most of the characters in the series like i said are people of color both on the show and behind the scenes so that's also including even a character named hilda played by angelique perrin this is really awesome and it took me a minute to really figure out her character and her just her look but she plays, I'm pretty sure this is it. She plays a strong warrior with Vertiligo. Like, if you look at the series, and I don't think I've ever seen a character with Vertiligo before. And if you guys don't know what that is, that's the um, kind of the, uh, the disease where it has you, has certain people with, you know, botched or bleached pigmentations in their body, in certain parts of their body, in their face or whatever. I've never seen a character with Vertiligo on a anime or animation or anything it's never been celebrated it's never been embraced it's never been seen as a normal thing he did it he brought her in and she was i loved her character she was a badass in here um and, and all through the series in the times that she's in here but i thought she it was a great thing he's bringing in all sorts of type of representations of our culture into this series and again this is one of those cases that i would love to know more about what went into that character and you know trying to show some representation of that and she was a very strong warrior as well and i i just thought it was fantastic also note that another previous talk time live guest was involved in this show as well like i said you heard her soundbite before the lovely voice of barato and sailor jupiter herself as well as other characters as well amanda Celine miller if you heard her our interview then you also know that she doesn't just do the voices. She also does a lot of ADR writing and stuff like that. So she wrote scripts for five of the episodes of the English version of this series. The theme song, we got to talk about the theme song. This theme song, and I forgot the name of it too, but it's fantastic. It brought, Every time it comes on, it brings me great joy to hear this theme song. It sound, it's, it's, it's a sound I've never heard before in anime despite the fact we have heard hip-hop and anime before like devil uh 
Devilman Crybaby. We've heard that before. We've heard tons of that, but we haven't heard a sound of soul. Like, this is a straight R&B meets pop meets somewhat gospel in some cases, too. Like, it starts off a little bit of, uh, like, uh, R&B, and then it goes on to a little bit of pop, and then it goes with, a, like, a chorus, and it's it's a extremely well feel-good type of theme song. It just warms my heart every time I hear it. It's awesome. I got to try to find it. From what I understand, it's hard to find. Right now, it's not on, like, iTunes or anything, so it may, I believe it is on YouTube somewhere that somebody's playing the intro or whatever like it, but it's not really played out. I think... They should really make a soundtrack out of this. It's really this this show is really cool. Uh, the show is just another this show. Cannabusters is just another indication, man, of opening up and allowing outside ideas and imagination to assimilate into their culture of Japan. And I thought that this was a great combination. This is what Unity is all about, people. Um, the twelve episode series is a can't miss and further elevates Netflix status as one of the top streaming networks out today, bar none. So overall, people, I got to tell you, overall, everyone involved in the project needs to be commended. And the fact that we have an anime with a multicultural cast and which includes more African-American voice talent than I've ever seen in any anime or movie to date. And which is sad because I've there's a lot of anime that I love. And if there's some anime that involves some characters of color, they're not being voiced by any of us and that's been shown many a times there's uh, there's if you go back to some anime there are a lot of characters that are voiced by you know caucasian you know actors or whatnot and it, it to me it's like it's long overdue um as much as i love devil may cry five uh shout out to ruben langdon by the way great friend of the show as much as i love devil may cry five the fact that they had one of the characters played by a person not of color, which to that actor's credit does, he does sound like, he does really sound like it. Only the fact, the downfall of that is that that character was, you know, accused of making racial videos or whatever, like a racist videos and stuff like that. So that, that again, that to me really screws the whole entire thing up. But it, it just, it, it amazes me that this hasn't been done yet. And this is long overdue. And this anime right here, it's it's a revolution it truly is a revolution of the genre of the art of it all and and hopefully we get to see more like this and you know shout out to LaShawn thomas man he, he he really knocked it out the park so um this is a very special anime for me because of that and it should be for anybody uh not just the people of color um not just people of our culture and color but just in general because we can make an accomplishment out of anything and this is, should be an inspiring for any up-and-coming artist out there especially artists of my culture to say that you can make this happen and japan is welcoming it so overall without a doubt if i give this a grade this absolutely without a doubt is an a plus for me and i'm looking forward to the second season shout out to netflix shout out to LaShawn thomas and everybody involved in that it's just phenomenal go out of your way to check it out it's a phenomenal movie or I'm sorry, series for that matter. <laughs> but it's, it's awesome. It's just truly awesome. So, <laughs> so, folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. But before I do, you thought I was going to leave you hanging. Let's do the final Keystone Comic Con question quiz question to get a three-day pass to Keystone Comic Con coming August 23rd to the 25th at the Co Pennsylvania Convention Center where you get to see Tom Holland, where you get to see my panel the voices of overwatch would you get to see my other panel the art of street fighter which you get to see a ton of other great panels out there and great celebrity guests and great times and great swag and great vendors and a great time just a great party the entire weekend get ready because we deserve this and we're going to get it so with that said the final question name in order by movie release date all of the Tom, all the little movies, Tom Holland plays Spider-Man. Let me repeat that again and make sure I clarify that. Listen carefully. Name in order by movie release date. All of the movies Tom Holland played as Spider-Man. You give me that in the exact order, in the exact order of the movie release date. With your name, your legal name, 
on there from your state ID or your uh, driver's license with the subject line exactly the way that the rules state it and be the first one to do it, you will get a three-day pass to Keystone Comic Con. So there it is. I'm going to give it to you one more time. Quiz question. Name and order by movie release date all of the movies Tom Holland played Spider-Man. There you have it. That is right there. Good luck to you all. I look forward to seeing all the winners and all of our ACMG members and even some new people, all the cosplayers, everybody at Keystone Comic Con. If you are remotely cosplaying as Overwatch, you better not miss that damn panel. I want to see some Overwatch uh, cosplay there. I want to see some Street Fighter cosplay at the Art of Street Fighter panel. Show your love because if you're a real Street Fighter fan, a true Street Fighter fan, you need to see the people behind it. So go out of your way to check it out. Check them out. I'm looking forward to seeing you all. And remember, I'm, if you don't win, you're also getting something. I have 200 specially made Talk Time Live drink coasters that I am giving away throughout the entire weekend. There's only 200 out there. So if you see me, jump at it. Come and get it. I'm, I'm willing to give it. But I will be spreading it out throughout the weekend. So I will have some that I'll be giving away. I may have some for the panels. I may have some um, for elsewhere. So I am sporadically spreading it out there are only 200 made and um you know definitely come and check it out say hi to me and uh we're gonna have a great time let's do this let's get it all happen philly let's make it happen philly jersey delaware bring it so folks that will do it of course because of keystone comic con next week i will not be doing a show for anything because i'm prepping up making sure i got everything got my suitcase got everything coming down got all my equipment up ready to do the panels where they you know see people ready to hopefully get some new interviews uh down the line see all the people from repop uh, and uh, Keystone, you know, do their thing and really thank them in person for all that they've done for Talk Time Live and ACMG. Honestly, this is really awesome. Thank to all of the cast, you know, Betty, uh, Edwin, uh, MK, who was on the show to talk about it, Steph, all of them, everybody who is a part of this, who's working their ass off to give us such a great event. Thank you. On a, from the bottom of my heart on behalf of those who will absolutely appreciate what you're about to do for us thank you i am serious like i'm very humbled at the opportunity to be a part of this and even brian stephenson shout out to him by the way he won't be there this year but um i will trust me i'll get in touch with him very soon we already talked <laughs> so we'll be connecting again very soon but i'm very much looking forward to everything coming about and i look when i started this podcast when i started acmg this is what I was reaching for, to get as close to the action as much as possible. I am very happy through all the hard work that has been put into this that we're getting the opportunity and privilege to make this happen. So let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. August 23rd to the 25th, people. Let's do it. So that will do it for now. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Guys, I'll see you at Keystone. Take care.